We're in week three of a message series called Free. And we, this message series celebrates the way we find freedom in Jesus Christ. In the first week, we talked about being formed in Christ by a, a willingness to accept the grace that God gives us to be developed as a disciple. Last week, we talked about redemption. And redemption, um, we talked about it with a little different perspective, what it means and what it doesn't mean. But we're reminded that for redemption to let us be joyful through the hard times, we have to take the long view of what being redeemed means. Today, we're going to turn to the third letter in the word free, an E, and we're going to talk about empowerment and how the Holy Spirit gifts us for service. I've been teaching from um, Paul's letter to the church in Rome, and I will get to um, Romans a little bit later, but we're going to begin today with a text that you find in Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul is teaching about spiritual gifts. And this is what he said. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. The one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, there's a couple of really prominent lessons about our spiritual gifts from the text I just read to you. The first is the same Spirit is the source of them all. Our spiritual gifts are not something that we earn for ourselves, that we, do, that we cultivate in ourselves, that we decide, well, I'm going to be gifted this way. Because if gifts were given that way, I'd probably be a member of the praise team. But believe me, you don't want me in that role. That's not my gift. So our spiritual gifts are something that come to us that are God-given. But we do have a role in cultivating those gifts. Once we identify what our gift is, we can enhance that gift and develop that gift through prayer, through further education. For example, people in the Methodist church who become lay speakers or lay servants have a bunch of classes they can take to develop their gifts. But we can also cultivate our gifts by looking at others who have similar gifts and following their example and acting as an apprentice. And we have some examples of that apparent right here in this service. For example, very often on the praise team, we have Matt Valentine using his spiritual gift of creative communication as he plays the guitar but now we see that his son Josh joins him many, many Sundays. Uh, they're not here today, but 
a son has watched what his father did and has acted like an apprentice, and they also have taken music lessons, I'm sure, to develop their gifts. Right here, sitting in the front row, we have Felix and his daughter, Devin. Felix is our lay leader, and now Devin is volunteering to serve as a liturgist at the first service and as a worship leader in this service. She's watched her dad through the years be in ministry, develop his own faith, and she's doing the same thing using her God-given gifts. And I dare say that that's happened in my life. Um, When I went to seminary, I was studying to become a deacon, which didn't involve a preaching class because most deacons don't preach. And so I never had a preaching class, and you might look at me now and go, yeah, we could tell. You ought to do something about that. But, But I have learned about preaching by watching and being an apprentice to other preachers. Not only Pastor Bob here at St. Paul, but Pastor Jay Kowalski up at Eastlake, um, Pastor Dion Hammond, who was an associate at Eastlake when I first realized I was being called to ministry. So we can all cultivate our gifts and develop them once we discover them through efforts that are own. Now, The second lesson from our text this morning is that a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. They're not given to us so we can just help ourselves or revel in our own giftedness. We're supposed to use our gifts to have a role in Christ's church to be productive as a member of the body of Christ, and to live in the commands we've been given to bear witness and to love others, including our neighbors. But sometimes we don't recognize the gifts we've been given. We think that spiritual gifts are of a smaller group than they really are. And sometimes the scriptures can even guide us in that direction if we don't read more and read a larger body of scripture. For example, in Ephesians chapter 4, there is a place that tells us that Christ provides individuals and has gifted his church with people who are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so sometimes we think that the only people who've been given gifts are people who fill those roles. And that simply isn't true. And sometimes we do even worse. We look at the gifts of things like knowledge and understanding or prophecy or leadership, and we think that those gifts are better than the other gifts. And that isn't true. Pastor Bob will tell you, because I know he's told me, and I'll say the same thing. Don't elevate us or our gifts because when you elevate us, we have further to fall. Period. Every gift counts in the body of Christ. And we turn again to Paul's letter, but now we're going to look at the book of Romans and we're going to jump to uh, chapter 12 where Paul says this. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. 
If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. See, those are gifts that are not necessarily on the list you would say you have to have to be you know, a prophet or to be a teacher. A gift of, of kindness, a gift of giving, those gifts matter just as much. But I encourage you not to limit identifying gifts to just those lists of gifts we read in Scripture. There are other gifts that are given as well, and they're diverse gifts so that all the roles that need to be filled in a church can be filled, and the church can indeed be a whole body of Christ covering every aspect of mission and ministry in the church and in the community. When we recognize all the gifts, we are better equipped as a church to love each other and to love and serve our neighbors. Using our gifts brings God glory. There was a point in one of the songs we sang today that talked about glorifying you from the altar of my life. You know, the altar of your life includes the spiritual gifts that you've been giving. And we glorify God when we use those gifts. And see, the apostle Peter made that very clear. This is the second apostle who's talking about this now. In his first letter, he says these words. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. See, what, what uh, Peter is teaching us there, he's divided gifts into two groups. Kind of the speaking and using word gifts and the serving or using hands gifts. And when I look around our congregation and when I think of the activities that go on on this campus, I can think of lots of people who don't stand up here and preach who are using gifts of words, who are using gifts of speaking. For example, our Sunday school teachers. Felix and Devin, when they serve as our liturgists. People who write encouraging notes to folks who are homebound. We had a lot of that going on during the pandemic, and we have a lot of it going on today. We have about 30 people in our church who write encouraging notes that are put on the trays of people in nursing homes who don't have many visitors. We have people who serve as small group leaders. And during the summer and during the COVID time, we had a group of people doing a Bible study online where they were typing questions to one another, and some of them were leading this group on Facebook and looking up answers to questions and commentaries or contacting Pastor Bob or me, and they were typing words on Facebook to help people grow in their faith when we weren't able to gather here. So gifts of speaking are important. But there's also gifts that involve few words but lots of hands-on. And those are the gifts that we really have a tendency sometimes to discount. 
and we think, well, that's a physical skill, so that's not really a spiritual gift. And nothing could be further from the truth. People who are gifted to use their hands in a variety of ways serve the church in ways you don't even see sometimes. And if you don't know what your spiritual gift is or you don't know how to serve, we use a spiritual gift assessment here at St. Paul that can help you discover your gifts. If you're interested in taking that, let me know. Put it on a note in the Connect card. Let Devin know later when you meet her in the uh, Connection Center tent. And the, the list of gifts that this assessment helps discover are things that you might not normally think of. They're not part of the laundry list of gifts I've read you from Scripture. They include things like craftsmanship. They include things like helps. They include things like intercession. They include things like creative communication. But there's a multitude of gifts, and they all matter. Here in our church... We have some ladies who love to cook, and they serve in our Martha and our Loving Hearts ministry. They cook meals to be served or um, food platters to be used after a funeral service or delivered to folks who are having trouble with sickness or having a struggle. And they might not think of the gift of cooking as the spiritual gift, but cooking and delivering and serving food is part of the gift of hospitality, which is identified in our spiritual gift assessment. There's no gift on the spiritual assessment called toy building. But we have men and women in our church who cut and sand toys and paint toys for delivery to young children who have suffered from various traumas. Now, you might not have toy making as a spiritual gift, but there's a spiritual gift called craftsmanship. When folks like Bobby Van Dyne work on the sets we have behind us and at Christmas time, some of the things, they use the gift of craftsmanship to build. We have trustees who help look at things about the building and use gifts of craftsmanship to repair things and make things nicer and newer right here in the building where we worship and we pursue ministry activities. At Open Arms, who here thinks that driving a truck is a spiritual gift? I will tell you, or carrying boxes of food, is that a spiritual gift? Yes, it is. It's called the gift of helps. There's lots of gifts, that f there's lots of activities that fall under the gift of helps. Helps is a gift that you're given when you're willing to kind of work on the day-in and day-out tasks, some of them physical, sometimes being an office volunteer answering the phone. When Annie drives the truck over to Tampa to get a truck full of food from feeding Tampa Bay. She is using her gift of helps when she drives that truck. And those actions are essential to the operation of open arms. There's an event that we do every summer here at St. Paul called the Back to School Jubilee. Last year we had to do it a little bit differently because we couldn't gather, but this year we're going to gather again. And at the Back to School Jubilee, we deliver backpacks filled with school supplies to school children from kindergarten through high school age. But for that to happen on that one day, lots of people have to volunteer. And here's the way you can prepare to volunteer for the Back to School Jubilee. You can donate school supplies. 
Now, we were blessed this year to develop some ministry partners from the community, including Walmart, who gave us a bunch of school supplies already. So what we really need this year is composition books, zipper pouches, pencil boxes, pink erasers and, college ca and, and uh, pencil cap erasers, college loose-leaf paper, and three-ring binders. We don't need any pencils, glue sticks, crayons, pens. We have lots of stuff that's already been given to us. But you can donate school supplies, and that list, you don't have to have it memorized. It's, it's on her Facebook page where you can find it. And if you don't want to go shopping or don't give out, you can make a donation to the Back to School Jubilee, and it will be used to help pay for the backpacks and buy the supplies we don't have. During COVID-19, kids in school had more and more of a need to use headphones and to use thumb drives. We're going to buy those in bulk as a church to include those as gifts for teachers and for the kids. If you want to help sort and, sort and, and um, stuff backpacks, we're going to be doing that on Tuesdays and Wednesday mornings from 9.30 to 11.30 here at the church from this Wednesday not Tuesday, but this week on Wednesday, and then Tuesday and Wednesday in the following weeks, all the way up to the Jubilee Day, which will take place on Saturday, August 7th. And if you can volunteer that day, that's a great day because that's when you get to interact with the kids and their families, and we distribute the backpacks, and that will run from 9.30 to noon that day. So we're not asking for lots of time. If you want to volunteer for that, you can let Devin know prefer that you fill it out on the connect card. You can volunteer there because it's a little easier to gather all the information. But when you engage in, in events like stuffing backpacks or handing out backpacks, you are demonstrating a gift of kindness, a gift of compassion, and the gift of helps. So why do your pastors stand up here or your lay leaders stand up here and always talk about using your gifts, finding your gifts, volunteering and serving. Well, the reason we do that is exactly for the same reason that Peter described in his letter when he said, when we use our gifts, everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. We glorify God every single time we use our gifts that are God-given. We do that during worship. Sometimes we think the only time we're glorifying God is in worship. That's not true. Our mission statement is to glorify God, grow in faith, and give in love. And when we use our gifts on other than Sunday morning, we are glorifying God. We are growing as disciples, growing in our faith. And we are giving in love. We're giving our time. We're giving our talent. We're giving our best efforts. But I do want to put in a plug for Sunday morning worship. Sunday morning worship doesn't happen with one or two three people or three people working behind the scenes. We have people operating the computers for live streaming so folks who aren't gathered with us here in this space can join us. We have camera people. We have praise team members, we have choir members, we have ushers, we have greeters, we have all kinds of people. And we never have enough of them, especially the usher and greeting and tech team kind of volunteers at this service. 
So if you're willing to um, learn how to do any of those things, please let us know. Laurel sends out invitations for people to volunteer at worship. If you get one of those invitations, respond to her, please. It helps us plan for worship because when we are gathered here and raising our voices, we are indeed glorifying God through worship. But again, that's not the only way that we glorify God. But when we do glorify God here, especially in front of visitors and guests, then we as a church are demonstrating the awesome, wonderful, necessary gift of hospitality. You know, we just sang a song before I came up here called Christ Be Magnified. When we use our gifts to grow God's kingdom, to serve in the church and to serve our community, people see God in us. When we do that, Christ is magnified in us, and people get a glimpse of the character of Jesus Christ. Too often today, in many places, people don't even think about identifying the goodness, the love, and the character of Christ with the churches they see. In too many places all around the world, there are churches that act like they're supposed to be an exclusive club for sinless people. And anyone who doesn't fit that bill isn't welcome. And I hate to break the news to those churches and to any of us who might think that way. There's none of us who are sinless. With that in mind, last week we had a post on our Facebook page. I just loved it. And this appeared there without me having anything to do with it, and it fits this message so well. And what it says is, God needs ushers, not bouncers. God needs ushers, not bouncers. And not just the ushers that help you to your seats on Sunday morning. God needs people that God has gifted to usher people into the presence of Jesus Christ, to usher them into life in the kingdom. That's the most important thing that we can do. We should never signal to our guests that they're not welcome or they're sitting in our chair or that they're um, part of a community that doesn't belong here. One of our values is you belong here and we need to be a church that exercises our gifts as a community to make people know that they belong here. Using our gifts is not an option. It is a call from God. It is living into our mission of glorifying God, growing in faith, and giving in love. It responds to Christ's command to be his witnesses here locally and to the ends of the earth. And it fulfills the great commandment for us to Love God and love our neighbors. So the question I leave you with today is, what is your spiritual gift? And if you don't know what it is, what are you going to do to discover it? And the second question is, how are you using your spiritual gift to build the kingdom? If you're not and you want some help with that, let us know. We were given gifts by the Holy Spirit to help one another, and to glorify God. Amen?